0: Open them with me to the book of Romans, Romans the 8th chapter, and we'll look at uh, beginning with verse number 5. Romans the 8th chapter, beginning with the 5th verse. Amen. I have lots of favorite verses and lots of favorite chapters in the Bible, and Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters, and it has lots of awesome verses that Teach us things that are extremely important to our lives. Praise God. All right, so Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5. Uh, look at me for a moment before we read it. And if you don't have a Bible, I'll put it up on the screen. I'm going I'm to give you a few verses uh, getting started this morning, and then we're going to build on those uh, verses and, and link some of them together. But before I do that, let me just go ahead and tell you Um, Our subject today Uh, today we're going to be talking about mindset okay Uh, specifically um, you know mindset as it relates to our life realities and and um, when it when it comes to uh, the one thing that has the greatest impact on your life amen and obviously we could make a list and debate that list but somewhere in the top three I think we have to put mindset there. Um, now the Bible has a lot to say about our thoughts and our thinking and certainly our thoughts and thinking are important but mindset differs from just thoughts and thinking. As a matter of fact, um, our mindset determines a lot of our thoughts and thinking. Um, and so a lot of times you know, we're trying to change the way we think about something but we don't understand there's, there's a mindset that, that has solidified within us. Think of like, you know, concrete can be really soupy until it sets, right? Um, if, if you, uh, you know, cook, uh, you know, different things that, you know, you put thickener in it. Well, while it's still hot, it'll be soupy, but as it cools off, it'll set, right? So we're talking about a mindset. We're, we're talking about something that maybe when we were younger was fluid in our lives. But as we get older, we get more, we say it this way, more set in our ways. You know why we get more set in our ways when we get older? It's because that mind gets set, amen. So set behavior is coming from a set mind or a mindset, all right? So let me uh, begin here in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. We'll come back to this verse. I don't know if it'll be today, but we'll come back to this verse at some point in the course of our study. So I'm not going to try to teach it or expound upon all of it right now. Um, but let me just at least say this much, all right? And that is, living according to the Spirit is what everybody's looking for. Uh, life according to God's Spirit. Um, is the life that we were all created to live. And the path of least resistance will always lead you to an inferior life. And that path of least resistance involves living according to the flesh. Doing what feels good to your flesh, right? Chances are pretty good that you're here this morning because you did not do what your flesh wanted to do when your alarm clock went off this morning. Are you with me? When we live according to the flesh and just simply do what feels good and what's satisfying to the flesh, this is that path of least resistance that always leads us to an inferior life. So we were called to a higher level of living, and that's going to be living according to the spirit. But notice what is the determining factor between these two uh, polar positions, right? Um, How you set your mind, a mindset of the flesh, will always lead to living according to the flesh, but a mindset of the Spirit will lead us to live according to the Spirit. He goes on to say in verse six, and the stakes are pretty high here, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. I almost want to spend the rest of our time together this morning on verse number seven. But I need to to lay some groundwork before we come back to this verse. But let me just go ahead and bait you with this. When he's talking about that, the carnal mind, or we could just say carnal means fleshly. All right? Carnal means fleshly. If you've ever called somebody a meathead, um, it's probably not a polite thing to say, but think carnal, meat, flesh. He's talking about having a mindset that that is formed by our experiences in this world in the flesh formed through those avenues all right so the carnal mind he says is enmity against god that means there's no harmony there enmity is the is the opposite of harmony the best way to define enmity is to define its opposite right and then back up back into it so again uh, living according to the spirit is what it's living in harmony with god Amen. And living in harmony of God, that's the sweet spot of life. But notice that to be fleshly minded or to have a mindset formed by and through the flesh, this is enmity against God. It's the opposite of being in harmony with God. But then he goes on to say, because the fleshly mindset, notice, is not subject to the law of God. Now, If we only think Ten Commandments here, we're going to come up way short on what he's trying to say here. Because the law of God does not just include Ten Commandments. Certainly, that is one way that we can understand this. But how about this, for example? Is the law of sowing and reaping not the law of God? Do you understand what I mean by that? Whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. So, these... Other laws that Father God has put in place to be of great blessing and benefit to our lives, he says that a fleshly mindset cannot come under the umbrella. Subject to means to come underneath. And if you're not under it, you're not going to what benefit from it. Now, I know that some of you have already made the connection, but let me just point it out and then also for those who are new to our study. This entire year so far, we've been looking at what it means to give God the place He deserves in our lives. The Lord spoke to my heart at the turn of the year that His people were wanting Him to do things in their lives that they simply have not given Him place to do. He can only keep what you've committed to Him. And so we're wondering why God's not keeping things that we've never committed to Him. He's able to keep that which which you commit to Him. if you don't commit it to Him, He can't keep it for you, Right? And so when we talk about giving Him place, we don't necessarily find that exact phrase in the Scriptures, but we find it in, in so many other things the Bible has to say, the concept. And here is that concept again. Being subject to, being subject to. That means you know, giving God the place He deserves is obviously recognizing that He's over you. And you assuming a place under Him. You being subject to Him. But notice... A fleshly mindset is out of sync with, is not in harmony with God. Why? Because it's not subject to it. It's not underneath the law of God. It's not underneath. Um, let me say it another way: the things that Father has established to regulate the life He created you to live. All right, to regulate the life He created you to live, which is a blessed life, is it not? Is a prosperous life, a meaningful existence. Right, So Father God has put spiritual laws in place to to produce a a, a wonderful, meaningful, uh, content-filled life for you. But to have a fleshly mindset basically excludes you from that. It exempts you from that. And it's not just a matter of not being subject to it. Notice what it says, nor indeed can be. Nor indeed can be. Are you ready? One living their life with a fleshly mindset, right, cannot be, cannot be under the the spiritual laws that Father God has put in place to be of great blessing and benefit to your life. Are you with me? This is really, really, really important. He's saying that it it basically, remember what he said to the Ephesians, You've been born again, but you're still living like outsiders, although you're insiders. You're living like people who don't have a covenant, and you do have a covenant, right? Because he said, what, you're living like the rest of the Gentiles live. You're living like people who have no covenant with God, right? Why? Because, again, their mindset. Their mindset. Now, this is really wanting to just come flying out of me, and I'm trying to kind of meter it back and just take, ease our way into this but you realize that you can live your life in Christ with a covenant mindset, or you can live your life in Christ without a covenant mindset, amen. It's one thing to have a covenant with him, it's another thing to live your daily life with the mindset of someone who has a covenant with him. Am I right about this, right? So again, this is, this is what he's saying here. Romans 8 is not written to heathen. It's not written to unsaved people. Romans 8 is written to the church at Rome. The, 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 the imp implied uh, thought here is that these are born-again men and women, amen, who are carnally minded. Now, in 1 Corinthians, he's going to talk about people who, who are of a natural mindset. And this is just simply someone who's never been born again. But someone who has a carnal mindset, a fleshly mindset that that would be referred to in Scripture as being carnal, this is someone who has been born again, but they still think like somebody who has not been. Alright? So again, he emphasizes the cannot here. Nor indeed can be, ending of verse 7, verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Why is someone in the flesh? They're in the flesh because they have done what? They have set their minds on the things of the flesh. They have a mindset of the flesh, and because they have a fleshly mindset, now they're in the flesh. And because they're in the flesh, they're out of sync, they're out of harmony with God. Carnally minded is enmity against God. Carnally minded is death. We looked at that, right? So then those who are in the flesh, why are they in the flesh? Come on now, they're in the flesh because they have a fleshly mindset. And because they have a fleshly mindset, it's impossible. They cannot please God. All right. Now, with all that in mind, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. For some of you, it's turn back with me to Proverbs chapter 1 because we've been in uh, the book of Proverbs back and forth now for several weeks. But I want you to go back with me or for the first time go with me. To proverbs chapter one amen proverbs chapter 1 and we'll begin at verse number 20 proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 20 amen i don't hear any more pages rustling so let's go with it wisdom calls aloud outside she raises her voice in the open squares she cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. Now, this is the wisdom of God. He makes this very clear throughout Proverbs. We see it in other, in other places. This is the wisdom that we now have available to us, James 1.5, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, and He gives to all men. We also see in 1 Corinthians that this wisdom is spoken of there, but it's spoken in terms of something hidden for your glory. Something that Father God has put in place for you that's not readily visible, But he's put it in place for you so that you can live your best life. That word glory there, to simplify it, it just simply means you living your highest and best life. And in order for us to live our highest and best life, we need wisdom for that. And not just any old wisdom will do. We need the wisdom of God to live our highest and best life. Good news, Father God has appointed, has ordained, has established and put in place the wisdom that you need, the wisdom that I need, so that we can live our highest and best life in Christ. Amen. That was put in place before the ages. It was put in place for you and me before we were ever formed in our mother's wombs. Amen. And, and, it's, and it's available for us to discover. But if we're going to discover it, it requires an attitude of our hearts to see it, or yet we'll be blinded to it. We'll be deaf to it. Now, on one hand, you see that the wisdom of God for your life is hidden from you. And on the other hand, in Proverbs 1, we see that it's in the streets crying out to you. I don't know, I, the Holy Spirit's had me here, and I really feel like we, I've, I've, I recently got a breakthrough. And in, 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 in for those of you who've been with me trying to explain this now for weeks, thank you for your patience, all right? But, you know, how can something be crying out and at the same time hidden? How, how, how could, notice he's saying in the open squares, in the marketplaces, out in the, in the chief concourses, Um, This literally means um, at, at the busiest intersections of life, wisdom is standing on the street corner crying out her wisdom to us. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. This is talking about the comings and the goings, the people enter and exit, enter and exit, right? And he's saying that wisdom is at every point of exit, every point of entry again crying out to you okay so how can wisdom be so loud and vocal everywhere we go and at the same time be hidden it almost sounds like some riddle you know and and i'm not saying what we've said up until this point is wrong as a matter of fact just the opposite i believe it's correct Because what we see is that the attitude of our heart has everything to do with whether or not we're able to receive and understand and benefit from the wisdom that God has for our lives. But I want you to take what we're seeing now in Romans 8, and let's look at Proverbs 1 in light of that. Now, we had some interesting comments and discussion in the Ephesians class this morning. And I'll now say to the whole body present that the revelation of, of our Father Creator, um, Him revealing Himself to you, Him, let me say it a simpler way, Him making Himself known to us, it is progressive throughout the 66 books of the Bible. Now, what do we mean by progressive? it builds upon itself. In other words, we know more about him come the days of King David than we knew about him even in the days of Abraham. We we know more about who he is and we know more about um, what God is like as the Bible unfolds. The Bible is not just the unfolding of history but it's also the unfolding of God Himself as He reveals Himself to mankind throughout history. Now when we even look at how throughout Scripture, Father would use different names to identify Himself, and as He would reveal a different name about Himself, He was revealing Yet something else, something more about his nature, about his character, about his heart, about his love for us. Amen. So we see that, uh, for instance, uh, he is uh, Jehovah Jireh. He's identifying himself as the Lord who provides. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is our peace. All of these different names are, are helping us understand more about Him, and more about who He is. So by the time we get to Romans chapter 5, it's not that God has changed, it's just what we know about Him has increased. So when we see in Proverbs 1 that wisdom is outside crying out to us, and yet many people just plow on through those intersections of life, without ever hearing her voice, without ever receiving the wisdom that God's trying to give to them to help them in their lives, right? Now, we come to Romans 5, and we see that the mindset of a person's heart has everything to do with with what that person is able to see and hear and experience. Now, let's try to simplify this a little more this morning. As you are sitting here in this room, there are dozens of radio stations, or we could say radio frequencies, crying out to us. But we cannot hear them without a radio tuned into their specific frequency. In addition to that, we could even say that there are not only radio waves or frequencies in this room bouncing all over this room this morning, but in addition to the radio or audio signals, there's also television signals being broadcast from towers, a lot of them up on Red Mountain, not too far from from where we are. Um, I don't personally have one, but Jake and Bethany in their house, they have a little thing that looks like a mat stuck to the wall, um, and it's, it's an antenna. It replaced uh, what we had on the top of the chimney when I was a kid. Um, Dad would go up there and mount that big old funny-looking antenna that had all those different angles and Run this wire down through the house and two screws hook it to the back of the TV. and He'd be up there turning that thing and we'd be down there, little more, little more, no, 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 back, back, right? Trying to get it just in the perfect position to receive those signals that are being broadcast. Well, those were analog signals. We're in the days of digital now. Doesn't require one of those big old antennas and and the signals high def and, and so forth and so on. But the principle is still the same. BRC6 is crying out to you in this room this morning. WDJC is crying out to you in this room this morning. Is it still Kix 106? I don't know. All right. 104.7, whatever, These ZZK, right? ZZK is crying out to you in this room this morning. They're all right here with us. Are you hearing me? They're all right here with us, but we will never hear them Without a radio that is, I'm going to use a different word, set to their frequency. Not just tuned in, but set to that frequency. Now, when you get in your car on the way home today, if you decide to set your tuner, to WDJC 93.7 on the FM dial. This means you are not just choosing that frequency, but you are at the same time rejecting all the others. You're choosing to receive one, and by choosing to receive the one, You're equally choosing to say no to all the other radio waves that you could otherwise be receiving. Are you with me? Does this help you at all understand how wisdom can be crying out to us this morning and we not hear her? It's because we're not tuned to wisdom's frequency. Wisdom is bouncing off of these walls this morning in this room. But you could very well come into this room, be in the presence of wisdom crying out to you, and leave this building and never tune into wisdom. Never hear the voice of God's wisdom speaking to you. So your ability to hear the wisdom of God being broadcast, not from Red Mountain this morning, but being broadcast from heaven itself is determined by your mindset. Your mindset. Come on now, is anybody with me? I can plow if I need to plow, I'd rather flow, but we'll plow if we have to, praise God. Now, let me give you... Um, kind of an overview definition of mindsets. And I'll put it up on the screen for you. This is, the Holy Spirit gave me this. Mindsets are patterns of automatic thinking established by things you have experienced. These patterns dictate how you see the world around you, generate powerful emotions. And predetermine how you respond in certain situations come on now let's go back to the top of this definition mindsets are patterns of automatic thinking let's stop right there automatic thinking once a mindset is solidified within you you Virtually go on autopilot from that point forward where that mindset is concerned. Let me give you an example. Prejudice. Racism. I wish I could tell you it was dead and gone in the United States of America, but my friend, it is not. It is alive and well. And there are all kinds of horrible things that people do to one another because of racism, because of of prejudging someone based upon their race or the color of their skin. But beneath the nasty words and abusive actions, there's a mindset are you hearing me it's a mindset it's 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 something that has become solidified in a, in a in a person's mind and so when they respond to someone that they are they have prejudged or prejudiced against because of and, and listen prejudice doesn't necessarily words, that can be um, there's religious mindsets Amen. There's, <laughs> there are folks who have a Southern Baptist mindset about things. There are folks that have a Pentecostal mindset about things. There are people that have a, a, you know, a different denomination, whatever. I'm not here to try to name them all. It's a, it's a mindset. And, and people who have these different uh, racist mindsets, religious mindsets... Um, These are things that have been formed in them over time by their experiences. Amen. Am I right about this? Now, the dangers of a mindset are connected to this idea of automatic thinking. Patterns of automatic thinking established within you by things you have experienced. And these patterns dictate. This is, why, this is why we see in Romans him using these words like nor indeed can be. Cannot please God. It's because this, it's a mindset that's, that's carrying you in a direction your, your automatic thinking Um, and it's automatic thoughts are carrying you in a direction away from. You know, you can't look left and right at the same time. And so if God is to the left and your mind is stuck on right. Are you, are you, what I'm saying. If, if your, if your mind is stuck in one direction and God is the opposite direction. You're not going to miss him some of the time. You're going, to miss him, you're going to miss him all the time because of the mindset. Now, these patterns of automatic thinking established by things you've experienced, they dictate some very, very crucial things. When I say dictate, that's a strong word. But literally, they dictate how you see the world around you. I'm not saying how you see it is right or wrong, but have you at least figured out by now not everybody sees the world the way you see it? <laughs> Are you, you understand what I mean by that? Not everybody sees the world the way you see it. These patterns of automatic thinking, they generate powerful emotions. See, if you ever want to fix dominant negative emotions in your life, you've got to fix the mindsets that generate them. Amen. Things like depression, things like, uh, you know, uh, uncontrolled anger, anxiety, feelings of, 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 you know, worthlessness, all of these things, Right? The, the emotions that, that we experience. See, we're very familiar with those. Unfortunately, not familiar enough with the mindsets that are generating these emotions. Just feels like you're stuck in life. And, and man, I hear all kinds of of explanations and, and, and justifications and excuses, but it really just comes back to a mindset. Your mindset about church, I mean, obviously you have a right when you're here this morning. There are a lot of people who are born again. I believe they'll be in heaven. You can, amen, it's not, thank God we're not the judge, and even if we were, it's not judgment day. I believe they'll be in heaven. But they don't have the right mindset about assembling themselves together with other people. They don't understand. They don't, they don't see it the way God sees it. They don't, they don't understand how important it is to Him, first and foremost, and how, how important it is to them and to their families. Right? I don't know if I've ever met a Christian family that didn't want their children raised in church. Well, if they're kids and they're going to be raised in church, it's time to raise them in church. You know what I'm saying? It's a a mindset about these things. Listen, I'm not going to forewarn you if the Lord leads me to do it, but mindsets about money. Help us, Jesus. Your mindset about money. Nothing has more to do with how much or less money you have and whether or not you enjoy it or not if you got some than your mindset about it. Right? These patterns dictate how you see the world around you. They generate powerful emotions. And here's the thing. They predetermine how you respond in certain situations. You may not be man or woman enough to admit it, but I guarantee you people who are close to you, they already know what you're going to do in certain situations. They know what you're going to say. There's kids in this room. You already know what your dad's going to say. You already know what your mom's going to say. Why don't you ask them? Why don't you ask that? I already know what they're going to say. Right? Am I the only one? Come on now, predetermined. You understand how powerful a mindset is? If a mindset is so powerful, it can dictate predetermined responses. Wow. Wow. Now, let me give you both sides of this. I believe influencing the formation of your mindset is the devil's primary objective. He is constantly, incessantly working every angle he can possibly work to form a wrong mindset in you. He never wants you to have the right mindset towards the things of God. He never wants you to have the right mindset towards uh, yourself. He never wants you to have the right mindset towards other people. He never wants you to have the right and just we i mean anything that has uh, to do with your life, every little aspect of your life, the devil is trying to form within you a wrong mindset because if he can help form within you a wrong mindset, then he's pretty much put you on autopilot and he can go mess with somebody else. If he can form something in you that's going to predetermine your response in a situation, then he doesn't have to be there to tempt you anymore. (laughs) Right? As a matter of fact, I offered you this morning that that's what all the previous temptation and even giving into temptation, the Bible calls it sin, right? That's really what it's been about the whole time, is the enemy's endless efforts, relentless efforts to form within you and me a wrong mindset, about whatever it is. Man, this one's in me right now. Praise God. Listen to me, please. Men, the enemy started before you ever went through something called puberty to try to get within you the wrong mindset about women. There's a lot of men on this planet, their, their, their mindset towards women that they are, that they are objects of pleasure. Mm, help us, Jesus. Influence the formation of your mindset is the devil's primary objective. Do you see now why Jesus preached a message of repentance everywhere He went? Everywhere He went. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit anointed the greatest prophet born of a woman, John the Baptist, to be the forerunner for Jesus. And what was His message? His message was a message of repent. Jesus preached a message of repentance. The 12 disciples were sent out two by two to preach a message of repentance. The first 70 missionary evangelists were sent out two by two, 35 pairs of two, to preach what? A message of repentance. What does this word repent mean? What does this word repent mean? It means a new condition of mind. The message of repentance is calling for a change of our mindset the old traditional legalistic mindset that had become so ingrained in people if that never changed they would completely miss what jesus came to do for them on this planet so that in and of itself ought to tell you how important our mindsets really are If this was the main message of Jesus, if this was the main message of the forerunner of Jesus, if this was the main message Jesus commissioned his disciples and then his first 70 representatives to go and preach. And notice the Bible says that they went to cities and preached this message before Jesus went there. Why? because he was trying to get the people's hearts turned. He was trying to get their mindset adjusted so that when he showed up, their mindset would be one that would be open to him instead of a mindset closed to the change that he came to bring them. How about this one? Repent, for the kingdom is at hand more than just something that sounds good in the Bible. The kingdom of God that used to be three heavens away and very difficult if not impossible to access, Jesus brought that kingdom with Him. The rule of God, the realm of God, the reign of God, the resources of God. Jesus took them from the third heaven and brought them to the earth and brought them so near to man that the heavens are now just as close as the outstretched hand of a man. When the woman with the issue of blood stretched out her hand, grabbed hold of Jesus, she grabbed hold of a heavenly reality. Will there be anyone in heaven with an issue of blood that can't be cured? Are you understand what I'm saying? In other words, everybody in heaven is whole and well and strong this morning. Jesus brought that to the earth, and the woman with the issue of blood reached out by faith and grabbed hold of heaven itself and received that into her body. If she had maintained a mindset that her answer was three heavens away and impossible to access, she would have never received that miracle. Are you seeing this? Something shifted in her mindset. Praise the name of the living God. All right, let me, I'm fixing to call them up. Let me, I didn't get nearly as far into this as I thought it would, but that's all right. That's all right. In Mark, the 8th chapter, and the 13th verse. Look, I'm just going to close it up and talk to you, okay? Amen. In Mark, the 8th chapter, beginning in the 13th verse, we find Jesus having a very interesting conversation with his disciples. They've jumped in a boat. They're taking a trip. And Jesus begins to talk about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Leaven is speaking of yeast. It's a biblical principle that has to do with a little bit of something negatively impacting or positively impacting the whole of something. It's a biblical principle that Jesus talked about, the Word of God talks about. And so when Jesus went to this principle... The disciples started reasoning among themselves. Okay? And they reason among themselves that Jesus is dropping hint bricks because he's angry with them that they forgot to bring the lunch. Notice, they could not have been more off base. They're like, man, he is fixing the the light into us. Because we've gotten this boat now, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and we've got less than a loaf of bread for all of us to eat. Jesus is not angry. What he's talking about has nothing to do with food, but he discerned their thoughts. And if I could give you the New England International Version, Jesus says, What's wrong with you? Do you not remember? Have you already forgotten? 5,000 men plus women and children and the little boys lunch and then again 4,000 men plus women and children with the seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. Why is it that you're still reasoning and coming up with yourself being on the short end of things? Now, I don't know about you. I like to think that if I had experienced what those men had experienced, that I would have never been concerned about food another day in my life. But I know better. I know better. Why do those men still have an issue with believing that God would supply all of their needs according to His riches and glory. Mindset. It's that simple. They were there. They saw Jesus do it. They participated in the performing of the miracle. And the Bible says they all ate, which means they also ate until their bellies were full. Twice this happened but it did nothing to change their mindset. So the next time there's potential for somebody to be hungry, notice the automatic thinking. Please see this. Please, Holy Spirit, help us see this. Please, don't zone out on me quite yet, please. Notice the mindset. It was as if none of that ever happened. Because they had a mindset that was formed by the thinking and experiences of this world. Sounds to me like our mindsets need to change. Amen? Can we at least agree on that? All right, singers, musicians, if you would, please come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me, please. Praise God. Stand with me, please. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said that there were members of the religious establishment who had this mindset. You ready? they would strain out a gnat, and there was a glass of sweet tea and a little bug got in it, flew in it, and they would work so hard to get that little gnat out, and at the same time, choke on a camel, what was he saying, he was saying they were so obsessed with the little things while ignoring the weightier, more impactful things. The devil will be content with you chasing some resolution to negative emotions, some resolution to little silly habits and idiosyncrasies. Words, those are the gnats in life, if you will. Majoring on the minors. Putting all your effort into the minor things and never even understanding, addressing, or dealing with the major things. In this example, I think you probably already got it, but just to point it out, the camel in this analogy is the mindset. The gnat are the pesky little things that the mindset keeps producing. Stop straining the gnat and eating the camel. Let's get out of the shallows splashing around in religious do-goodism, right? And let's get out in the deeper waters where the Holy Spirit wants to reorient our view of the world. He wants to restructure and reset your mind. How can we ever live like Jesus if we don't learn how to think like Him? Amen. Fathers, we stand before you this morning. We ask you, Father, first of all, to forgive us for the wrong mindsets and the the carnal-mindedness, Father, that has taken us out of harmony in life with you. We ask you, Father, to reveal to us different parts and levels and layers and aspects, Father, of our mindset, Lord, that, that have been formed by the things of this world, Father, that ha- have been formed in us by the things that we've experienced in the flesh, and Father, that you would form new mindsets within us by the things that we are experiencing in the Spirit. Father, that we would awaken to righteousness. That we would awaken to a righteous mentality, a righteous mindset. Father, that that we would we would stop being so sin conscious and, and Lord, that we would become more conscious of our righteousness. We would become righteousness conscious, Father. Lord, so many other areas. Some of the ones that relate to racism and prejudice, money, marriage, our relationship, Father, with the opposite sex, Father, these kinds of things, Lord, mindsets within us that keep producing issues and problems and even misery and torment in our lives father we repent this morning and we ask you for a new condition of mind a new attitude help us learn how to set our minds on the things of the spirit on the frequency of heaven. So that we can hear the voice of wisdom, your wisdom, crying out to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this together before we're dismissed.